Welcome to the first edition of Breaking Glass, brought to you by Compass Data Centers and Infrastructure Masons. I'm Nancy Novak, your host, and today we're joined by Worldwide Head of Engineering, Construction, and Real Estate at Amazon Web Services, Sandra Benson. Sandra, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. I appreciate being the um, initial guest, so thank you very much for the honor. This should be a very exciting series, um, and it's really wonderful to have you kick it off for us. So today, folks, we're going to be talking about the elusive work-life balance. Mm. And trust me, um, I've known Sandra for some time, and this should be a very intriguing, entertaining conversation. Um, <laughs> being in the construction industry uh, as a female, um, I think, has a lot of challenges, and striking that elusive balance is one of those challenges. So um, Sandra and I have uh, you know, known each other for some time, and I'm just going to be asking her a series of questions, and we're just going to see where it takes us. So I would have to say, like, just to start us out, you know, frame this, Sandra, like, what, what is your idea of work-life balance? Well, you know, I'm thinking about this. If you'd asked me that 20 years ago, I'd probably have a different answer than I do now. Um, but so for me, at this point in my career, I really think that it is, I try to check in with myself um, on a Friday afternoon. Like, okay, how do I feel? Do I feel like I really gave myself any personal time or was I just like on calls all the time? And how do I feel? And then Sunday night has always been right before I go, not before I go to bed, but in the evening, Sunday nights, I usually look ahead at my week um, and say, okay, you know, here's what I got Monday, Tuesday, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm really trying hard. I'm not good at it. Okay. But I'm getting better at really trying to look at and see, okay, is there any, am I working from eight in the morning till, you know, 2 a.m. because I'm talking to someone, you know, in Australia, what can I do? Um, and I'd like to say I work towards a 50-50, but that would not be honest. Um, I'm probably more a 70-30 person um, as it relates to work. And the pandemic, ironically, has, well, I thought that would actually make it better, is actually, I don't know about for you, but has made it actually a lot worse. I, um, I find I work all the time. Not that I didn't work a lot, but uh, I don't know. It, it's just like every, it seems like every minute is booked. So, um, sure. yeah, and I used to travel, you know, all my roles over the last 20 some odd years have been global. So I don't think I really recognized how, how having just that time on a plane, you know, or just being, being away, seeing something different. Um, the pandemic's changed a lot of things, you know, for me. I, I always thought it'd be nice to have a break from travel, but now I'm like, can I just please go somewhere, anywhere? So, uh, enough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how I do it now. If I was in my 20s, I, I don't think I had much of a work-life balance. I mean, I know you and I had fairly similar career paths, and I think I don't think the word work-life balance even meant anything. I was just straight on. You know, I, I worked full-time, went to school at night, and I mean, I don't think there was a balance. It was just work. We have very similar backgrounds. You're, you're right about that. Um, I, but yeah, so, um, but I, I was really intrigued. When I talked with you last week, Sandra, you mentioned something that I've been practicing this week that I would love for you to share with the audience, and that is how you start your days. 
Okay, sure. Um, so I've been one of those people that I've always heard these great things about meditation. And there's so many friends that are like, oh, meditation has just changed my life. And for me, it was, it never worked. Like I would sit in, you know, sit in the room, close my eyes and try to focus on my breathing and set the timer for like 20 minutes. And like every, I look at my watch and be like, it's a minute and a half, you know, and I'm thinking, so it just never worked. And I still think it's great. It's a goal that I'm working towards. But um, as part of Amazon during this time, we were given the opportunity to have Headspace. And, and it's not an advertisement for that particular application. There's lots of them. But uh, there's another one that I use that has a morning meditation, and it's five minutes. Um, the old me would just get up and literally before I got out of bed, I would be looking at my phone, you know, like, okay, what, well, you know, I mean, seriously, now the first thing I do is I have, I just turn that on in the morning and it's five minutes. So I figure anyone can do five minutes, right? And, and normally I hit the snooze button. So I figured, you know, five minute snooze, five minute meditation, kind of same thing. But it's really kind of a good way. It sort of sets you off in a, in a nice, balanced way it's a new day you know forget what happened you know yesterday so for me that's kind of my all I've been able to do as far as real meditation I do think there's a lot of benefit to it um, five minutes is about all I think the five minutes is key because like you said it's um you know we're always eager to get on with the day and but I will tell you Sandra I was very happy you shared that with me because I mean the, the guided meditation in that short period of time it does set you in that right tone. And on top of that, it um, it's uh, it gives you these affirmations to really try to remember during the day. So um, so I appreciate that. Any kind of tip like that for me is, is really golden because I'm the same as you. Um, I have a hard time shutting my brain down, you know? And I think a lot of women do. I do too. I think we are, one of the things that makes us great at what we do is we are fabulous. And I think this is genetics really, but, um, you know, we are great at multitasking and our brains, therefore, at least mine is multitasking all the time. And I don't even want it to, but it's going like this all the time. So it just forces me and it's five minutes. And I really don't think many people can say, okay, I don't have five minutes, particularly before you even wake up. Um, so yeah, and I'm happy to share the link that I shared with you. Um, it's, it's just one I use. So I'm sure there's lots and lots of them out there, but great advice. Great advice. Good, good working for you. Since we're both in um, not just construction, but the tech industry, I wanted to ask what you kind of thought about as far as specific challenges to get some strike, to strike some balance in your work and your life um, that face women in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. Specifically. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, and this may sound like it's going to get back to answer your question, but I know technology has obviously changed so much, right? You know, we're industry 1.0, 2.0, You know, the, the technology is changing so much and so rapidly that I know for me, I mean, I started off, thankfully not mainframes, I'm not that old, but you know, with the, you know, the, the mini computers and then, you know, client server and, you know, all these kind of things. And I think I always felt like 
I had to keep up on the latest thing. I had to know what was happening. I had to be up on all the latest technology because heaven forbid somebody might ask me a question that I couldn't answer. And that comes back to work-life balance because I found that I had my real job, so to speak, what I do during the day. But then in the evenings, I'm like trying to keep up on everything, all the latest trends, what's going on, who, you know, all that stuff. So my work-life balance, well, my work was balanced really heavily and I had a little bit of, you know, uh, life on the other side. Since then, and I hope a lot of people really think about this, and I think, you know, once you get to be more senior, it's like you and I, it's like, I realize I don't have to know everything. You know, I mean, I really don't. I, um, I That's what I have a team for. Um, and what I really try to think of at this point in my career is working with my customers on what kind of outcome do they want and help guide them in that way. Um, it doesn't mean I need to be totally ignorant of the detailed technology, but, but, but I don't have to be the expert on everything. And it's okay to say, you know, that's, this is where we want to go. Let me bring in this person who is an AIML specialist or something. But not that many years ago, I would have felt like if I didn't know it, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to a client and much better. And I, I will say that's given me a little bit more time to focus on the life side of the work-life balance. So it's just a suggestion that works in my no, it's, it's It's very, very valid. I was thinking about that um, as you were saying that in the construction industry, because, you know, as you move through your career, what, what the young people are, are learning about in technology, um, you know, whatever software they're using to lay out projects and things like that, those mm -hmm. are, those are products that, you know, the older folks aren't going to necessarily go learn, but they're still going to know how to apply them. Right. So right. having that intimate knowledge on, you know, how, how to use something um, is not necessarily the same as knowing how to apply it or, you know, or, or, what, or when to bring in those, those folks that are experts on, on using the technology, because it, you're right, it changes rapidly. It's very, very exponential. But I do know um, that you and I talked again about a bit of this, you know, having more time for your life side. And I, I, I think as we get older in our careers, that we value that more than anything, you know, and time becomes more important. And um, you have some very amazing ways to completely disconnect that I was, very jealous of and I want I want you to explain what that means okay so first of all what works for me is may not work for other people but um, as we just talked about I can't just do a regular meditation I have to do a guided one because I can't shut my mind off so I really found that I needed to do something that I really have to focus on like or I'm going to hurt myself. A couple of those things that I do, um, I do aerial silks with the Cirque du Soleil kind of thing, um, aerial yoga, and I love that. I've been doing teaching Pilates for over 20 years and absolutely love that. But this gives me a different thing. I'm up in the air, um, you know, obviously anti-gravity, so you're laying back, it, you know, the silks are supporting you. But you also know that if you don't focus completely on that, you're going to fall 20 feet and break your head. So somehow or another, that forces you to, or at least forces me to focus on only that. 
And then, of course, I have the whole totally opposite world, which is I've always loved motorcycles and fast cars. So I have a Harley, and that's another area that's a 910-pound bike. So it's also one that I can't be thinking about, well, I wonder what, you know, what the new technology is or what my client's going. I mean, I'm just thinking about not killing myself when I'm going around a corner or something like that. So those are things for for those of us who are, I don't know if the right word's type A, but we are just like our, our mind is just going lots of times. So I find something that really forces me to concentrate. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I, mean I, I looked at that, when you said that to me, I was like, so that, because I used to try to explain this to my kids, it's like, so that is a way that forces you to be in the moment, right? So you're, you're, you're fully present, um, in the moment, which means you're disconnected from the other things that are distracting. And, and in today's world, it, it's so easy, right, to always be distracted. It really is. So I think that's great advice. Even though, you know, aerial silks might not be for everybody, there are activities out there that can that can force you to you know, kind of have that ability to, um, to be able to disconnect and focus and be in the moment. I wish I would have had those examples when my kids were younger because I remember telling them, they would rush, 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 rush to this and that. And I was like, try to think about being in the moment. Of course, you know, I was a terrible example of that. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it was hard. I can't imagine that you were, but I know for me, it was easy, it's easy to say, live in the moment, but I don't. Um, I had someone tell me once, it was really interesting. It's like looking backwards is depression and looking forward triggers anxiety. And, and so I tried to sort of remember that. Um, but I'm not good at it, but something I did learn and I really focus on it. Sometimes I get really stressed, you know, I'm in a meeting or something's not going well, you know, um, and it's really particularly hard right now. You know, you're, you, uh, Amy and I, Amy's a friend of ours is too, we were both doing a keynote and my, uh, internet went out in the middle of the keynote, which is, you know, pretty challenging. Right. And I was struggling my stress level is up and someone had taught me this and it was like, okay, Sandra, it is uh, Wednesday. It is 425 and everything's okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, it's like a small, like it's just a little reminder that, okay, you know, and then I say that for myself. And so these are, they're little tricks, but they're the only thing that works for me. Um, some people have made it gardening. Um, but I think the other thing that's funny about aerial silks is, is sort of that, there's that concept of follow your bliss. Honestly, I didn't know what my bliss was. I just remember going to see Cirque du Soleil probably 10, 12 years ago and just thought, that looks so cool. I really wish I could do that. And then yeah. someone came back and said, hmm, I don't know why I couldn't do that. Let me see if I can find, you know. So I don't think it's ever too late. Uh, I won't tell you how old I was in that case, but we'll say I was certainly over 40. And it's okay. And yeah. Trying new things and that's exciting too. I, I think that and you probably have met new people in that in that, you know, world. And so I'm sure that that also is very rewarding. Yeah, um, it's a different world. I promise you working hanging out with people that work in the circus is totally different than people <laughs> like you who work in uh, in construction and technology. I mean their lifestyles are like they just don't stress and right. I, 
don't think I'm good enough to run away and join the circus, but it does kind of give me a different perspective. So, uh, yeah. I, yeah, and I'm a people person, so I think people from all walks of life te teach us things. So I think that's fantastic. I, I do have a question that's kind of off the chart. Um, so, you know, when we talk about our, you know, why life balance is important, I mean, I think there's some obvious things about why this is important to us, right? But um, I feel like there's a difference between how we view it um, through our lenses as women and how men view it um, through their lenses. Not that it's not important to men, but I think there's just a different viewpoint. Do you, do you agree or how, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. And I think I think that those things are merging more. Like, I don't think it's as separate as it used to be. Um, you know, I, it's not the, you know, the husband goes off and works and comes home and says, honey, what's for dinner? Which, is, knowing me, would never work. But so I don't think it's, it's that anymore. Sorry. Um, but I do. Um, I guess what I do think is that we feel so responsible. I don't think it's very... I, it's hard to turn off. It's somewhat like what we talked about before. Um, but like, I don't feel like, I think there's a piece of it as little girls where people pleasers. Um, and I think generally, I'm sure that's not true for all, but most women I know really kind of are. And because of that, we want to do everything we can to help other people. And, um, I had someone tell me a long time ago and I really liked it. And it was like, you know, there's nothing, Sandra, more important to you than your being happy. And I thought, that's a really selfish way to look at life. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I should be giving this and volunteering there. And their point was really very valid. And it's sort of like the airplane air mask thing, but it's really true, which is if you're not happy, you really can't give much to anyone else. Um, so, and I don't, I, men just sort of, Maybe they just know that. I don't know. I mean, maybe we should have a man on your ass that, but I think that um, it just seems like they're a lot easier. You know, I mean, how many times have you, you know, you come home and, you know, your husband's been working and he's tired and he just zones out watching TV and he's asleep, like, you know, in 10 minutes. And I'm sitting there going, okay, that's what to do and that to do and that to do. Maybe it's a sleep gene. I don't know. Um, it, is, but, I, it is fascinating how quickly my husband fall asleep. I'm always fascinated by that. But I do I do agree with your, your introduction statement that they are blending more. And I do think that because society is changing, um, that you're going to see more of that. Um, and as I think it's great because I think men, men want to be, you know, at the ball games and with their kids and, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of them, thank God, love to cook, you know. So um, there's no reason why we, we can't normalize that a little bit more. And then you're going to see, I think, behaviors that are more similar, which is great, which is really great. So, um, so I think, I'm sorry, just one, one other point on that. And I, cause I hear so much trashing of the millennials and first of all, I don't really like that term, but you know, you hear the, uh, you know, they're really not interested in working hard or any of that, but I don't, I don't think that necessarily. What I do think is they have a, a much stronger, uh, understanding and appreciation of life you know, we work to live, we don't live to work. And um, so when we're, when I hear people trashing the millennials, I'm like, well, you know, maybe they actually are onto something that might've been good for us to have thought about. No, that, I, I am with you a hundred percent. You know, they want to have meaning in their life and they want to, they want to feel like they're contributing and, and they want it to be more holistic. And so, and it's a lot of it, you know, I, I'm very forgiving in every generation because, 
um, different circumstances kind of just breed different, you know, um, ways to feel about stuff. So, but I, I think that's a very, very good comment that you made. Um, I do have a, a, a one that I am hoping is, is going to be a lively um, conversation here. And that is when we talk about work-life balance being a priority, you know, do you see this like in the business world leading us to a more inclusive environment in both like the construction and the tech world? Okay. Well, and I'll probably speak more to construction because that's kind of, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in construction with technology, but I still think of myself more as um, construction. So, um, so I do think so. I think, you know, just even the attitude we just spoke about, you know, of, you know, it, it's, I think that, that work-life balance thing allows women to think that they can do pretty much anything that they want. And so I think all that part is really good. But I also, I can't think of many good things about the pandemic, to be honest with you. Um, but one thing I do think is interesting is it allows people uh, to work when they may not have been able to before, you know, or not that they could not before the pandemic, but it's much more acceptable now. So geographic issues are sometimes a challenge or cultural issues, you know, people are in different countries and in different countries, you know, the roles of men and women are not the same. We somewhat take that for granted a little bit here in the States, oh, I think. Very uh, yeah, so I think, you know, this whole idea of being able to work remotely and that that probably is more on the technology side, but it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, virtual desktops in construction or design and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is very helpful. The And I don't know how to say this, but also um, we're living longer and we're working longer and hopefully most people are working longer because they enjoy what they're doing and i think technology allows us to cross bring people in from different experiences right so we're seeing that as you as you know in construction you know we're seeing um it used to be you would never rise up in construction unless you grew up in construction and technology, right? But now we're beginning to see people from other industries come into this industry and say, well, wait, why is it that way? Why does it always have to be that way? So they have a different view. Um, yeah. Secondly, things like Alexa or Siri, I'm not being, you know, any of those kinds of things, but think about if you are an executive in the hospitality travel area industry, you know, you come in and you're like, well, you could come into an AWS or, or any kind of technology company and come in with some really great ideas that we wouldn't necessarily think about. Like, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this, this, or that? Or, you know, yeah, sometimes it's, it's even better, isn't it? To get someone who's not, I guess, conditioned uh, in a certain way. Yeah, it's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was actually thinking, I think you and I talked about this last week, but. Um, technology and construction, right? So when I was in when I was in school, I had a, you know I, I I had a minor in construction technology, but it, what it meant was the science of building, not not digital technology. I mean, gosh, when I started, there were no computers on the job sites. There was no such thing as an app. So um, so technology itself, the the word and the term has changed, and it means such something so different now than it used to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do hope that. Um, yeah, I do hope that that technology allows us to become more inclusive. I mean, I really do. And I, 
I hope that some of the, um, uh, you know, some of the large firms are seeing the value in having that inclusive workforce and trying to um, normalize more of the family leave and, and other things that might make it more possible for not just women, but men to be able to take care of an, an elderly parent or a spouse or, you know, or the family, right? Um, yeah, people think that it's just the the people have children, but in today's world, I mean, I can't tell you how many people that are in sort of that sandwich, you know, where they, you know, the kids are maybe just now leaving or haven't left yet, and their parent, I mean, they're really, those people are struggling, um, and that's a challenge, but, you know, so specifically technology and construction, which is, I know, something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, um, I think I was talking to you, Peggy, one day I called it the dusty job site. You know, everyone used to think of it as the dirty job site, right? But, you know, technology is actually allowing people, um, autonomous vehicles and that kind of thing, to sit in a construction trailer and to move three or four dump trucks at a time. And then for them, it's like playing a game or whatever it is. Um, so it's more productive, it's safer, and as you know, we're facing labor shortages. And I think in that case, you start seeing some more inclusivity as well. Um, so um, that's, there's still perceptions we have to work on in construction. I think other areas of technology, we're a lot further along, but uh, we're construction is a little behind, so. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, my, I'm a glasses half full person. I, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, we, it's been a few decades that we've kind of stayed uh, status quo um, right. related to things like production, which is why, which is really why Amazon sought you out, um, is to become more, become more productive. And, and part of doing that is being innovative, um, mm -hmm. which is what I do. And to be innovative, you need all different um, thoughts, right? You need a diversity of thought, a diversity of, uh, you know, experience, um, mm -hmm. diversity of background, because otherwise, you know, you leave a lot of talent on the sidelines. And and that's one of the things I find fascinating too. And I, I this is um, not a question we covered, but I'm curious about it. So, well, you know, I I build data centers, and um, mm -hmm. Amazon builds a lot of data centers, right? Um, data centers is, is uh, one of those um, interesting um, businesses because it's not that it's not that old compared to construction. You know, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure you and I both remember when uh, you build a building and you have a computer room in it with a crack in it, right? That was, and the computer yeah. room was the data center for the facility. There was no um, enterprise data center. There was no on-prem specific data center. There mm -hmm. was no um, cloud for sure. And there mm -hmm. definitely wasn't an edge product. Right, that's right. <laughs> so, so, so I look at the, the tech world and I think, you know, um, they rapidly change and improve. And I'm really hopeful that, that we're gonna be able to learn from that mm -hmm. as a construction industry. I think so, and I think that's also where even people, and in this case we're talking about inclusivity, whether that's women or anything else, is, you know, some of the best, actually this came up in the conference that, that you were in, you're involved with this week, uh, but it's like, where do you find the best analytics, you know, people, right? Because it's all about data, and we've known that for 100 years, yeah. but no one says, you know, you should go to the construction, um, you know, sciences, people necessarily find someone who specializes in analytics i mean think about your son um you know or any you know that really specialize in analytics and analytics for construction is still analytics it's data and it's you know it's giving us where we are and hopefully 
uh, predictive, and then hopefully prescriptive, right? So, um, so I think that's going to open the door, at least in our industry, a little bit more as well, where these people are just data scientists, and they can pretty much pick up and move from different industries, and to a large extent can come in with broader visions. Um, yeah, yeah the transferable skills are there. And I think, I do agree with you. I think that is going to help us um, to be able to think more inclusively and bring more talent in from areas that we hadn't sought talent before. So I, I think that's um, that's super exciting and hopeful. So, um, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, Sandra, you know, is there anything that you want to touch on specifically, um, some impart some words of wisdom on, you know, not just why it's so important, but you know, how, you know, how do you set boundaries or how do you achieve this ideal balance and is there such a thing as an ideal balance, I guess? Well, I think that might be the more interesting question. Um, I honestly don't know that you really can't. This is controversial, but it's what I think. I think it's incredibly hard to have a true ideal balance. I really do. Um, I think that you can get pretty close. Do I think you can ever have 50-50? Maybe if someone has been able to figure that out, I I'd love to learn from them. And what I mean by that is I think at the end of a month or a quarter or something, you know, you can say, well, was my life pretty balanced? But you really can't look at it every day and go, okay, now four hours a day is my life and four hours a day is my work. So I try and I know you, you're the same. I love my job. I think I have the best job in the world. So to a large extent, what I do is still part of my life because I enjoy it. And I think that's important um, to start with. But, you know, I don't know. I, I know for me, when I was a little girl, and this is horrible, but, you know, I grew up in the South, and the South is quite different, and I had wonderful parents, and my mother used to always say, well, come on in here, honey, I'll teach you how to cook or sew a button on or whatever and I remember being this obstinate little girl which I probably some people would still say I am and I'm like no I am never gonna cook I'm never gonna sew I'm not gonna be a housewife I'm gonna be a big executive flying around the world and you know living a big high-rise in a big city and I thought it was so interesting um here I am that's what I do. I still don't know how to cook or sew a button on, but I've done all the other things. And, and I bring that up because I don't think you should get stuck in that. But I do think, and you have daughter, you have a, a, a you know, a daughter, and I think it, you know, your son. And you know, I don't know. For me, I had sort of a vision, I guess, as a little girl, what I thought I wanted, and it's worked for me. But I also think that, you know, maybe for some people. Maybe they think they want to go down, you know, maybe a different path, and they can change. I think that's a good thing about our world now. You're not pigeonholed in. You know, you can – A little bit more flexible. Yeah, I mean, you had a self-fulfilling prophecy, basically. And I, I love the fact that I – don't, I don't want to underestimate the fact that, um, that from, the, from the era that we both came from, to really buck the system that way was, right. was, was, was you know, pretty amazing. And um, and you're right. So, but but having that um, that vision that you had allowed you to fulfill your dreams. And so I think I think go big, go bold, and dream right. big like that, and be disruptive. You know, um, and that's that's I, I think that's what you uh, present. You know, to the younger working generation. It's and I think it's a, it, may, it might be a little bit easier nowadays because it's a, it's more normal. But it's yes. 
but it's still a struggle, especially in our industry. So I, I, I'm, I feel very encouraged, and I'm hoping that the audience um, feels encouraged that you know construction is for everybody. It and is. Sandra and I have had fascinating careers. It's it's a it's an industry you never stop learning in, right? No, you never stop learning. And uh, if you're a learner and you like people, um, I, I highly recommend it. So well, I, go, I have no, to thank you because we've got such great. Honestly, for me, probably for you, in the early days, I don't really felt like, I mean, I had, I don't call mentors, but I didn't really have a lot of people that were in similar situations. So, you know, people like you, and I mean, we can sit and have a conversation. We don't even have to have questions. We can just sit and talk because we've, we've lived it, and it's nice to have that. And I know you do a lot of work with this. I do. I, you know, yeah. do the women in construction at Georgia Tech. I try to show in this case, women that, you know, you can be as feminine as you want to be. You can wear pink, you can have blonde hair, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, and those restrictions really aren't there. Uh, and I love that this is called breaking glass. Um, I like to hope that you and I maybe made a little cracks in the glass so that you don't have to break it, but you still got to keep knocking on it. And I hope those people, to us I you know that's where that's actually what I enjoy right now more than anything so. yeah no I agree I mean the the glass symbolizes kind of this invisible barrier that mm -hmm. we that we want to uh, make not just not I mean invisible yes but a barrier no so right. um, so that's the hope and I and I really do appreciate all the work that you do Sandra because you're one of my dear friends and I feel like um, I, I feel very good about our future in, in the business it's it's a great time. It's a great crossroads um, and a time for us to make some good positive change. Yeah. So, um, just in closing, I just want to thank everyone for tuning into this edition of Breaking Glass. Make sure to follow Compass Data Centers and Infrastructure Masons on social media, and please stay up to date for our next edition. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Great talking to you too.